I could not figure out, like I was racking my brain. Why? Why after me pleading, begging, I'm already occupying this space. My offer was more like, why would he accept this other person's offer? I don't understand. And the only thing that could really come to mind was, is it because I'm a girl? Lauren Cruz is a Union County native, a leading professional in the beauty industry, and a female entrepreneur and role model. Recently bestowed the title of Waxer of the Year for her proficiency in eyebrows and waxing, she is setting a new standard amongst her peers and introducing celebrity quality eyebrow services to the tri-state area. Lauren is the sole owner of the body department in Garwood, New Jersey, where herself and other much sought after beauty professionals service their patrons with the highest quality and most innovative beauty and aesthetic services. The body department also holds its own as an e-commerce shop where customers can purchase all different kinds of home beauty options as well, including their number one voted home teeth whitening system. Hello, everybody. This is Melissa Goncalves, your host, and you're listening to Femme Radio, a podcast made for women by women, where we talk about anything from rising the ranks at work to raising a family at home and every important detail in between. So if this sounds like something you're interested in, stay tuned because another episode is coming up right now. All right. Hey, Fem Radio. This is your host, Melissa Goncalves, and I am here with Lauren Cruz. Lauren, welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm so happy to have you. So happy that we're connected by a mutual friend, Ariel Cassidy. So this is always uh, always a good time when I get to speak to another female business owner who's really blazing her own trail and, you know, doing essentially whatever she needs to do to really benefit those around her. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Where are you from? Where do you live? I'm still in Jersey my whole life in Kenilworth. I now still live in Jersey, but not in Kenilworth, but my shop is also located in Jersey. So very close to home. As a young kid growing up, what would you say was your original dream job, right? We always have these things that that we would ideally like to achieve. What were some of the things that you dreamt of doing as a kid? So I always liked things that were creative. So there were definitely points in my childhood where be a singer. Um, no, I cannot sing. <laughs> so <laughs> thankfully, that was just kind of like a childhood thing. I also always loved writing. I can write. So always something creative, but I never was like one of the little girls who, you know, dreamt about being a princess or anything like that. It was just always something powerful. Although I'm not a singer or a writer, I did something that I wanted to do. So I have to share that I I too wanted to be a singer growing up and I am <laughs> so tone deaf. And anyone that I say that to now just laughs at me because they've definitely heard me sing because being bad has not stopped me in my, in my journey. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, like, I still, you know, in the privacy of my own car and home will, you know, try. (laughs) It's for the best that I didn't decide to go that route. (laughs) I agree. That's my take as well. Uh, So you had a very unique experience in high school in that you actually had a child when you were 17 and you ended up dropping out of high school. So can you share some of the things that you were thinking during that time? What were you experiencing? Um, I would say the thing that I experienced most was the feeling of fear. Um, I think it was just like, I needed to stop only thinking about what did I want to be when I grew up and like, 
a future for myself, but also thinking about how I'm going to create a life and a future for this other human being now. And I also think one of the things that really got me was making sure that I could do it by myself because I learned very early on that you can't really rely on other people. Um, fear was definitely the motivator. <laughs> um, but I feel like sometimes it takes a little fear to get anywhere. As a young mom, I'm sure there are certain perceptions, right, of of, of you and being that you did drop out of high school, right? How did you know, what were you facing, right, from family or even friends? Was there any negative views? Yeah, definitely. I mean, one negative view could just come from like my peers and my peers' parents. Um, right. Like I know there was definitely a lot of, uh, a lot of words being spoken about me. <laughs> and it's actually funny because like I can actually think back to like specific people and people's parents who and I know that they said something about me and it's like their kid was actually doing like way worse things <laughs> and it's like yeah okay I had a baby and you know went and got my GED and you know did something different than everybody else but their children were out you know every weekend getting super right. drunk and doing drugs you know each their right. own it's fine nobody ever really knows you know what's going on with somebody it's easy to judge people um so definitely a lot from the outside i've had a lot of negative things said about me from even extended family just people that i'm not necessarily everyday close with i've heard my cousin say things to me like oh you know our aunts had said this and this kind of thing so i mean it just comes down to like in my opinion people are brought up differently and they have different experiences and therefore they're influenced differently by different paths and experiences that people take. And when it's not the same one that they've, you know, experienced and gone through, it's, it's easy to just pass judgment because people can't put themselves in other people's shoes very often and understand that their, their experience is any different. Right. And I'm sure, and we'll get into your business in just a bit, but I'm sure now that you're running a successful business, you're probably hearing more of the feedback from your internal network, right? Oh my God, we we never thought that you'd be able to do all of this, you know, when you were 17. It's so I, actually <laughs> really funny because nobody has said that verbatim, but like I've the way that people compliment you sometimes is so backhanded that it's like mm -hmm. hilarious. Like I'll have somebody be like, I'm so proud of you. Like who would have thought like, it's just like <laughs> thanks. <laughs> I think I, I don't know. And then there's still some people where even to this point, like, like I said, some family and stuff where like they still haven't even congratulated me because it's like they'd rather be there, you know, for my downfall than my uprise. You know, you oh, just have yep. haters. People are just haters. <laughs> Absolutely. And my favorite quote, your haters are your motivators. <laughs> they sure are. Like, I will say that those people definitely pushed me because those are the very people I was saying had these judgments of me. Like those were at a young age, some of the first kinds of judgments that I had passed on me like that, like, and in right. such a serious way and detrimental way that I really did take it, you know, to heart. And it's like, wow, these people really think nothing of me now. So I, I mean, how could you not push me? Yeah. And those people, some of those people, again, being family, like, it's just like, <laughs> you know, so that really motivated me to be like, okay, watch. <laughs> right. Yeah, absolutely. 
Absolutely. Yeah. You're the closest to me. So you're going to get the front row seat on this journey I'm about to be on. So once you had your son, you, you know, you've mentioned, right. You were inspired to be more successful. You ended up getting your GED and you went to cosmetology school for hair. Can you share a little bit more about how you ultimately came to this, to the decision? You know, this is actually the route that I want to go in. Um, now I have this son, I have to support this child. You know, this is what I want to pursue. Like I said, I always wanted to do something creative. And when I was in high school, there were like a lot of people who were going off, going to Votech, learning, you know, hair and that kind of thing. And it kind of seemed to me like, okay, this is creative. I love beauty. Um, It also seems like something that I can do fairly quickly and it's, you know, feasible. So that is kind of, you know, the path I decided to go. Um, And I did go to cosmetology school. For me, that was like my college experience since I never really had that. It's so funny. It was really fun for me. It's kind of like, you know, more laid back than normal school, in my opinion. And you're doing things that you kind of enjoy um, with other people. In some ways, it was kind of just like hanging out with friends and doing makeup and stuff. So that was kind of fun. Um, And I did go for hair, which I hated when I was in school. You're learning a lot of stuff that is not fun in school, really just to pass the state board. So they teach you how to do like perm rods and like pin curls, stuff that nobody even like really uses anymore. (laughs) But it's like literally 99.9% of what you do. And it's kind of insane. And agonizing. Um, so I definitely <laughs> felt like I hated hair when I was there. And but I was like, all right, it'll be different when I leave. Like I'm not gonna be doing pin curls and perm rods. <laughs> but then when I left, I worked in a salon and I was like, nope, I just hate it. <laughs> so ultimately so you're working in this salon you're like this is not what I wanted and what did you do after that you had mentioned when we first spoke that you started an apprenticeship an apprenticeship I don't know why I have so much trouble with that word an apprenticeship (laughs) for permanent makeup but I'm I'm interested in learning more about that so what exactly is that industry and and where did you even hear about it so I actually did hair for like a year. Um, and then I worked at a waxing center and I did that for a couple of years before I even got into the apprenticeship. But the apprenticeship I stumbled upon, um, I was actually driving one day and um, there was a woman nearby, like in a nearby town who had like a permanent makeup place. And I always was like, what is that? That sounds so interesting. Like, (laughs) I know how to do makeup, but what the heck is permanent makeup? Like, that sounds fun. So then I kind of just like looked into it. And I was like, this is cool. This is different. Like, this is something I would like to do. And it actually took me a couple years to even, you know, delve into it. But I, I ended up reaching out to her because, um, somebody I knew actually knew her and we were talking about it and she was like, yeah, I think she's actually starting to train people. And I was like, cool. So (laughs) I reached out to her and, um, yeah, just started like learning how to do it. And that was, that's probably the most complex training I've ever done. Every, anything else I've ever done, like even cosmetology school, like, yeah, it took me like a year and a half, but it was, it was kind of just like, okay, you come, you do your hours and then you graduate. It wasn't like a struggle with permanent makeup. When you do an apprenticeship, there's a certain amount of eyebrow services you have to do a certain amount of eyeliner services. You have to do a certain amount of lip services that you have to do on live models um, before you get your license, which 
I mean, it might not sound that crazy, but it's really hard to convince another human being that you don't know how to tattoo, but let me tattoo your face. Right. (laughs) So that actually is what took the most time is just like finding these models. Um, I mean, obviously, like my mom and stuff did it, but... (laughs) Not everybody's as forgiving as a mother. So, right. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, that kind of took a while. It took me probably a good like six years to actually complete it. Um, not to mention wow. it's expensive. It's very expensive. So, me having a child and, you know, having a whole adult life while trying to complete that after just like, you know, not many years before com- going to school and paying for that, it was just, what did I get myself into? So, <laughs> Thank God I'm on the other side of that because I actually was doubting myself many times in that process, which I've actually found at this point. Um, a lot of people who are going through that, like doing permanent makeup right now, are like, I don't know, man. I don't think this is ever going to be done. And I'm like, yeah, I understand. Like, it really does feel like it's never going to happen. It's kind of crazy. How did you push yourself through that? Because that is a very long time, right? And I can imagine it's super discouraging when you're sort of at the beck and call of someone else, right? You need you need those models to come in. You need them to be available. But how, what if you can't? Does that just yeah. stunt your whole, your whole career it journey? It does. It did. It did. Um, and there were definitely times where I just gave up. And I mean, it was also scheduling times. So it was me being available, the model being available, but I also had to do it in front of my mentor. It had to be at her shop when she was free and she could watch me do it because, you know, that's kind of, she had to credit me for doing it. So it was a lot, but there were definitely months where I'd go and just not do anything. And I was, and then I'd wake up and be like, I really need to finish that apprenticeship. Like I already dumped thousands (laughs) of dollars into it. Like I need to finish this. And then I'd reach out to her and be like, Hey, it's me ready to do this again. Like what can we do so I can finish this thing? And she was great. She would work with me all the time. She'd be like, it's fine. I know it's been like half a year. Let's pick up where we left off. I know you have a lot going on. Let's try to get another model in here. So it may have been (laughs) two models a year. That's how ridiculous it was. But it finally got to a point where toward the end of it. So anybody who's doing it knows you actually have to pay for each service too. So that's kind of part of the apprenticeship. So like I would do this model um, and try to get, you know, get them to at least pay a portion of the service that they're getting done because it's an expensive service. Um, So that was another struggle in the beginning, trying to make that somewhat go toward my apprenticeship and not just be completely free. But toward the end, I was just like, you know what? I already dumped this much money into it. I'm just going to do models for free. Get this over with, (laughs) you know? So that's kind of the advice that I've given other people going through that process. I know it's a lot of money to say, don't have the models pay anything. And obviously if someone, you know, is willing to like take it, but at some point it's the same as paying for school, you know? And the longer you take the worse it's going to be. Like, just dump the money. That way you can get a return on your investment sooner. (laughs) Like, just do it and get through it already. That's a really good point. And a a really interesting perspective since you've actually already been through it. So maybe you make a stronger investment in the beginning so that you could finish quicker and then you'll get your certifications and then you can just jump right into it and start actually, you know, doing that work and getting paid for it. That's a a really good point. It's not to say that it's still going to be super easy to find a model who wants her face tattooed, but it's a lot easier saying, but I'll do it for free versus like, I'm new. um, I'm not that experienced. Can I tattoo your face? But also it's going to cost you a couple hundred dollars. Hmm, Not a great sell. (laughs) (laughs) 
you're not exactly winning me over. <laughs> exactly. So when did you begin thinking about opening a med spa? Actually, that kind of ties into that apprenticeship as well. So the woman that I was working with with my apprenticeship, um, she had just a permanent cosmetic place at the time. And her and I would just talk all the time. She knew I was super like motivated. And like I had all these goals, never to necessarily open a business, but I just really wanted to go somewhere. And like, she felt that energy for me. So we would talk constantly just about the future of her business and like, you know, just different things. And she kind of brought up to me that she wanted to turn her place into a med spa. And I feel like maybe the term never came to me before that, but like the services and the things that I was interested in and things that I would love to be around were definitely there for me. So Mm -hmm. when she kind of said that, I was like, that's what I want to do, you know, and like, not necessarily open one, but I was like, maybe even thinking like, maybe we could do that together. Maybe somehow I can do this with her and like, we can expand together that way. You know, like she already had herself completely in a, in a business. She was already in an industry to me that seemed like so far fetched, you know? Um, so it didn't occur to me literally until like six months before I opened this place that I actually wanted to open one. I knew that I wanted to be somewhere around that, but I'd never been like a real plan. And she had already opened hers at this point, like years had gone by. So I just knew at some point, like, um, I was doing some different services from home and then also working at the waxing center. And I knew I wanted to get out of the waxing center and it had come to a point where like, you know, my clientele was picking up and I couldn't just keep working from home. It just wasn't something that was long-term. Um, I was kind of playing with fire and I was like, (laughs) how can I do this where I'm getting out of this? And I kept thinking like the only option is to really open a business, which really isn't something that I ever wanted to do. It just kept pointing in that direction. And when I thought about, okay, I'm going to open a business, it was like, well, ultimately, what do I want to open? I I do offer a lot of different kinds of services. And if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it. That's just my personality. I'm like all or nothing. So I'm not going to kind of open a business that offers one of my services and like tiptoe around it. What can I open that I want to open that like encompasses encompasses everything that I do. And that was a med spa. So that's when I was like, okay, now how do I do that? (laughs) I just started, I literally posted an ad on Indeed for a physician. And I I just literally went for it. Like I was like, I don't know where to begin. I need to talk to a doctor because that's kind of, I guess, where to start. And hopefully one of these people take me semi-seriously and have a conversation with me. So I kind of just posted an ad and was like, looking to open a med spa, um, looking for like a medical director, like whatever. And I had a couple of people reach out. And then there was one doctor who reached out and really was super helpful. And we spoke about everything. He, he knew what I was trying to do. He could see where I was coming from. He gave me a lot of insight, a lot of advice and kind of catapulted me in the right direction, which was really nice. So yeah, I mean, it's so crazy because like, I guess people wouldn't think to do something like that. If they have no idea where to even begin, they'd probably just be like, that's crazy. I was just like, I don't know, just gonna post an ad. 
Well, that's what's so interesting. Like that's what intrigues me the most and, and interests me the most about entrepreneurs. And this is why I love to speak with them because it's true. I think everyone in the world has this idea that comes to their mind about, you know, whatever it might be, but it's the ability to actually turn that idea into something that makes you unique and that sets you apart because there are not many people who would be like, all right, I don't really know much about how I would go about doing this. I know that it, I'm interested in it, but you know, what? let me just post an ad on Indeed and see and see what happens. I, and yeah, that's amazing. I, I think my mindset kind of goes in a way where if I don't know something, I know that there's a way to find out. I don't know what the way to find out is, but like there's a way to figure out the way to find out and then I'm going to know. So yeah. I think that's kind of, that's probably every entrepreneur. Like it's just, it's such a learning curve. And yeah. there are so many mini jobs that come within that job title. I'm realizing that a lot, especially right now where I'm still solidifying all of the structure to my business, even the amount of skills that you need to learn and the amount of mistakes that you have to make because you don't know how to do any of those skills professionally, like somebody who went to school to do them is crazy. When people ask what you're living or you're filling something out and putting your job title and you put an owner of a business, you don't even begin to understand what that means. It means I know how to do a little bit of graphic design, marketing, uh, accounting, hiring, firing, managing, inventory. There's so many things. And you know, even just learning how to do everything then legally. So you have to learn how to do it skillfully and then you have to right. learn how to do it legally. Right. <laughs> so it's That's such a good crazy. Point. <laughs> so tell our listeners, what is the body department? Give us your strong elevator pitch. Uh, let us know what we're about to, to really get into. The body department is kind of a bridge between a spa and a full-blown medical spa. I definitely would shoot for having a medical spa eventually. I would like for that to be like our second location. Right now, we offer med-style services, I will say, but not everything that you know a full medical spa would. So we offer all kinds of spa services, um, massage, facial, waxing, eyebrows, lashes, laser teeth, whitening, like all kinds of aesthetic stuff like that. But then we also offer things like injectables, but that's done by a physician and a physician's assistant who come from uh, another business and kind of just use like our location. Um, And that was the most feasible way for me to get those kind of services that I craved to have here um, without having to open a full-blown medical spa. It's interesting. So that was also a huge learning curve. And it kind of hit a couple points too, where I was like, I might not be able to have those services, but there are ways around it. And I was lucky enough to meet a couple of different kinds of physicians now in the past year who've been working with me and trying to figure out how this can be done. Um, I've actually started even recently having physicians come to me to try and work with me because they wanted to open a medical spa, but I have this brand already. So for them, it was like, hmm, if I can work with somebody who already has a brand, then I can open an actual medical spa and make it successful a lot quicker. So that's, that's kind of where I'm trying to go with this. Like I would like to make my spa, hopefully after this year, I'm going to get a bigger location and be able to, you know, offer more at once with the spa services. And then I'm hoping with whatever physician I'm working with at that time, we can go together and open up 
an actual state-of-the-art medical spot somewhere. And then I can also kind of step back a little bit and give them more of the responsibility in that location. Right. Right. And I think one thing I want to touch upon too, is you were super strategic when you opened. So you did open in, I believe it was November of 2019. So just right around a year ago from today, probably. (laughs) And yeah, it was actually a year ago on the ninth, like two days ago. So weird. Happy anniversary. (laughs) Thank you. So I think I want to really focus on the fact that you initially, and you just, you spoke through it just now beautifully, right? Where you know what you wanted to do ideally, but you know that you can't just start there. So you wanted to start in phases and you, you took it down to the roots, right? What can I offer right now as part of the body department? And then what, who can I bring in to offer additional services that my clients might really be interested in? And you didn't take out any loans and you actually used your wedding savings. So you used your honeymoon fund to put into your business. How did you, I mean, how'd you get buy-in from your hubby for that? I'm dying. To know. <laughs> it's so funny. So I have a couple of things to say about what you just said. Um, so when it comes to the funds, I think when it came to convincing him, it really wasn't that hard, honestly. I have to say one quality that he has that I love is that he really does respect the things that come out of my mouth. So like he really takes interest in my ideas and my thoughts and has and thinks that they have like value. So he knew that kind of simultaneously around the time of my wedding, I was going through this limbo with what I was going to do with my life. And he knew I was having the ideas of opening a business. And I mean, at the end of the day, we were looking at these honeymoons that we wanted to take and they cost so much money where it would have cleared (laughs) out our savings, cleared it out. And I was like, realistically, like we could take this vacation and then it'll be over or we take this money and invest it. And realistically, we didn't have much, you know, I mean, we both had decent jobs, but it paid for the roof over our head and the food in our kids' mouths and like Christmas, you know, it wasn't like we were, we never been on a real vacation together. So it's not like we could ever really afford to do that. And um, I think when it came to the point where we could afford it, it was like, but we still really can't because if, right. if it takes our entire savings to go on this vacation, then we can't really afford it. Right. Um, so it was kind of like, do we do that and then come back and be stressed out and struggling? Or do we take it and try to make a better life so that we can go on as many vacations as we want? So that's kind of where, you know, that went. And like, he definitely felt that it was, you know, the best idea too. And I had a good plan and I luckily found a space that wasn't stupid expensive and like it was feasible and you know it just made the most sense and thankfully you know we did some work in the space to make it a little bit better aesthetically but it didn't need like actual work you know right take like crazy amounts of money to make it workable for us. So it, it just, you know, we were able to use that money and like do what we needed to do here. And thankfully we were able to open at least for a little bit before we got closed down. Um, and I was able to start, you know, making some of that money back and kind of put it back into my business. So it just kind of worked out. And thankfully, you know, like I said, for the space not being extremely expensive, it didn't kill us when I wasn't open. I still had to pay rent, but it wasn't like astronomical. Right. I am, like I said, all or nothing. So when I decided I wanted to do this, I was like, awesome, we're going to offer this and this and this and this and this and this and this. And And before I even knew what that meant, I was like, I want to do so much. And it kind of just 
the process of that was just me realizing real quick that it wasn't going to happen. Like (laughs) I tried every angle to get certain things in here that it was just, no. (laughs) One of the things I really wanted to do, which I was like, you know, it would be awesome. Like I do laser teeth whitening. If I could also like, I have this doctor who's going to come in and be able to do like injectables. Why can't I have a dentist come in and do like Invisalign? I was like, what do you really, you don't need like real equipment to do that. They're just molding your mouth and like making, so like, you know, I, I thought I had my idea of what that could be until I spoke to a dentist and they were like, (laughs) they were like, it's not impossible, but you're going to have to build this, this thing next to the bed, like where we have all of that dental stuff, all that plumbing. And like, it's going to be something that has to be built in. It's not like we can just come in and be like, lay down, let me stick this in your mouth. (laughs) I was like, oh yeah, how much would that cost? And they were like, a lot. And I was like, all right, so moving on then, like, you know, I was like, maybe in the future, you know, and it's good because I did learn. Now I know what it takes to offer that. And now I know maybe when I, you know, hit a certain point, that is something I can do. But it just so many things like that had to happen for me to be like, all right, earth to Lauren, this ain't going to happen right now. This is what's, you know, at your, your reach, be happy that you can even do that. And then when we get further down the line, we'll revisit this. And that even came with like ideas that I would have. I'm like, I have so many ideas and I'm just like, my notes in my phone is scary and would probably give somebody a headache, but I write them, I'll write random stuff and not even know what I was writing. (laughs) So I'm just like, I had so many ideas too, that I just wanted to execute now, 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 now. And you know, when actually we got closed down uh, for coronavirus, it was a time for me to go back in there and be like, okay, I have to focus on one thing at a time. Like, it's so hard for me to do that. But this whole experience did teach me that the more that I learned to do that, the better that that one thing is going to come out. I can't be doing 12 things at once. (laughs) I can't be trying to set up dental procedures in here. (laughs) Also building something for me to even be able to do waxing here at the same time. Like I had to be like, okay, (laughs) the basics are the things that I, that I do and that I offer. Let me make sure I have that stuff set up first. Right. And then, you know, it's, it it was difficult because it's a lot. (laughs) It's like so many ideas and thoughts. (laughs) I totally hear you. I've started, I I tell my boyfriend all the time. I'm like in my notepad, I've started 15 successful companies. (laughs) (laughs) Same. Same. (laughs) I was driving past, they have a drive through Starbucks, like down the street from my shop. And it's the only one in the area. And it's always slammed. There's so many cars in there. Like it's dangerous. Everybody goes there. And I was like, I need to open up a drive-thru Starbucks. Like, <laughs> and my, my husband looked at me and he was like, no, you don't. I'm like, uh, I don't know. I think I might. That's so funny. I know we mentioned it a few times and I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, focus too much on it. Cause I know COVID has been beaten into the ground at this mm-hmm. point, but I think it, it would be, you know, silly of me to not ask you, you opened your business in November and then, you know, less than six months later, you have a global pandemic where nobody's <laughs> allowed to come into the business and, and you're literally not allowed to be around people that you don't live with. So what was going through your mind? <laughs> it's it's so nice that I can laugh about it right now because it's actually <laughs> comical like yeah that would happen to me <laughs> I mean I was 
I'm, I work really well under pressure, which sucks. <laughs> I wish it didn't take my life falling apart for me to know how to tackle the things that I need to do. But I'm just so good. And I think it's because my whole adulthood, that's kind of how it's been. Like, I've always kind of been like, pushed against a wall and be like, okay, what you gonna do now? And I'll just sit down and be like, here's a plan. I like to have a plan. So when that happened, um, it definitely made me feel out of control, which I don't do well with. Um, and therefore I have to overcompensate and like find control where I can have it. So one of the millions of ideas in my notepad was launch a teeth whitening system. Um, and I wanted to do that for home people anyway. Um, right. And then I was kind of just sitting there next to my son while he was playing video games. This is like day three of quarantine. And I'm like, freaking out, you know, just bouncing all these ideas off my husband. What am I going to do? I don't know what to do. I think I need to do this. Let me start selling gift cards like this, all that kind of stuff. And I was just I looked at him and I was like, I'm gonna launch a teeth whitening system. I'm just going to do it. This is one of the things that I wanted to do. I finally have time. Like I've been saying it for months, you know, I'm not in the shop doing services right now. So like, I need to make sure that a, my clients stay interested in my business and feel that I'm still serving them in some way. Um, and B that I'm doing something right now. Like I couldn't just sit here and hope that people bought gift cards for when maybe we ever reopen again. Cause that's a lot to ask too. And I know that like we were only open for a few months. So to, so to let people, and thankfully I do have some great clients where they did and they just, you know, took that leap, $200 gift card, like whatever right. they, they did it. And it's kind of like a lot to ask because that person might be out of work too right now. And like, you know, they're dropping this money on a service that they have no idea when they're going to be able to get done. So I just felt like that was only feasible for however long and I needed to be more proactive. So I guess I was really scared when it happened, really stressed, really anxious until I, you know, was up against that wall and I was like, okay, now I'm inspired. Now I'm motivated. Now I'm making sure that something comes of this. Like that was my mindset. Every morning I woke up and I got on my computer and I got in a meeting or I talked to somebody about something that I could do just to make my, I redid my website, like anything that I could do in this time to make sure that when we reopened, we took off running. Mm -hmm. I did. Yeah. Like we revamped my website. Um, My husband literally learns like SEO so that he could make my optimization on my website better. (laughs) I freaking launched a teeth whitening system. You know, I I was doing all these things, learning more about marketing. I took a marketing course with um, Harvard. It was an online thing that they were offering during um, quarantine for free. So I was like, let me do that. Like I got a couple of other certifications while we were closed. I just kept doing stuff because... I was like, if I sit here and do nothing, then I'm going to open up and sit at my desk and look at my door, not opening and be like, hmm, right. that sucks. Why is right. that happening? Because I did nothing. <laughs> you know, that's it's, why. It seems like you really focused on, and this is, uh, someone said this to me during the quarantine era of 2020, and it was something that like has stuck with me for a very long time. What they said was the best businesses that are going to be successful and find success once this is over are the ones who aren't sleeping right now. And despite whatever is going on, you know, your doors are closed. There's, there's no money coming in. It's the preparation that you're doing during that time that is ultimately going to allow you to continue to succeed. 
I, I got want- chills when you said that. That's so <laughs> true. That is true. Most of a business comes from outside of the actual four walls of a business anyway. So my shop can be closed, but my business is still running. So I have to still be running, you know? Right. And I'm sure you learned just like so many other businesses learned during this time, how important it is to build those relationships with your clients because they showed up, right? When everything Mm -hmm. was coming to a halt, they showed up for you. And I think that that's a huge aspect of actually building those personal relationships with the people that work for you and the people that are, you know, coming and supporting your business. I know so many of the local businesses that I was obviously a huge advocate for when we were open, right? You know, the bars that you're visiting and the restaurants you're you're buying food at. And then when we all closed down, I made sure that I was still investing in those businesses, even though I didn't know if my job was secured, right? And I think a lot of my um, friends and people in my network felt the same way because we're sort of like all in this, we're all in this mess together. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that whole experience definitely gave me like an entire new appreciation for my clients. Um, The ones that really like showed up for us, I made sure that they knew how grateful I was. I was like, thank you so much. Like you didn't have to do that. You know, I appreciate you so much. They are the backbone. I wouldn't have my business at all without them. And even people from high school who like, you know, will reach out and buy a whitening system or whatever. Like, I mean, I think some people honestly just bought one when I launched them just because they wanted to to support me. I don't think they even use it. (laughs) That's awesome though. I know people who are like, I have it and I didn't even use it yet. And it's like, (laughs) well, use it. It's great. But also, I mean, that just goes to show they didn't do it because they were like sitting there worried about their teeth while they were in their pajamas watching TV. They did it because they wanted to make sure that I had some kind of support and money at the time that we were closed down. So, um, yeah, people can be really amazing. I love (laughs) that. They really can. I love that. And so before I ask our sort of closing questions, I want to ask you about your sort of pieces of advice, being a female business owner, what has been some of your experiences, maybe things like, you know, unique things that you've had to deal with that you sort of want to give listeners a better way of handling. You know, I have to say this is probably this is the best time in the history of the world to be a female business owner. So I'm not going to even sit here and act like it's been this um, crazy struggle. You know, there's a lot of support out there right now for a woman to open a business. I mean, even, you know, just because you're a woman. So, I mean, there are a lot of amazing things. And I think that even the support that you get from the outside and just other people when they find out that, you know, I am an owner of a business, people are just so much more inspired and, and supportive, you know, when they, when they find that out. I mean, there's, there've been the the typical things. I mean, I'm in a, in the service industry. It's, you know, there are definitely those, uh, you know, random people who will kind of say something inappropriate or suggest something inappropriate. And it's like, you know, if I was a guy, you probably wouldn't be saying that. Even my massage therapist, just probably like a month ago, she had a man who just kept reaching out to make an appointment and just would never make the appointment, but kept reaching out about all these questions. And she's, you know, investing all these, this time into these phone calls because we make sure that our clients feel that we're there and we're, they're comfortable with us and we're giving them what they need to feel comfortable with the service. And at the end, it was like the 10th phone call. Finally, I had an appointment booked and he called again and he he said something about like a happy ending. And I'm just like, 
Jesus Girl, Christ. Like, it's like, really? You know? And, you know, at that point, it was lock his freaking number moving on. Right. Like, he doesn't get any more time. Right. Just, people take advantage. Um, and one of the, the experiences I had personally was uh, when, when they did my shop inspection, which I told you about the last time we spoke. Um, the inspector came and my husband was here just with me for like emotional support. And he looked directly at my husband and asked him every question and just completely disregarded the fact that I was even there, which on paper, it says I'm the owner. It's my cosmetology license on this shop. He knows that it's my shop, but it didn't matter. Every single question, every single um, concern directed at my husband. So I mean, that kind of thing does happen, you know, in that experience, if I'm even when I'm, I meet somebody alone, sometimes, yeah, it's like they're shocked, but it'll be in a positive way. But then there's shock in like a not positive way. It's you so know? odd, right? It's, yeah. it's so weird. It's like you're the business owner. Like, <laughs> good luck, you know. <laughs> um, so you, I definitely get that. It's nothing too bad. Um, even like as a recently, I think the most recent thing that happened was uh, we were possibly going to purchase the building that my shop is in. Um, there's like an apartment upstairs and I was thinking maybe I can like expand my shop a little bit. That way I can get more time out of staying here, get the investment property like upstairs. Right. Like this might be good. So that was something we were looking into for a while. And um, my landlord knew I was interested in it. I like pleaded to him because this was, I actually found out he was selling right when we reopened after oh, wow. like we had only been open for a couple months, remember, because we closed mm-hmm. down and I invested all this money, like making the place what I needed it to be, to, you know, be a functional business. And I did not make that investment back in that two months that I was open. <laughs> so <laughs> we like reopened and I found out that week that he was selling and I'm like, what does that mean for me? Like, does that right. mean that my, my lease was about to be over, even though I didn't even begin to even have a business yet. Right. Um, I was like, so somebody can come here and just say, okay, my business is here now. If they buy the building and I'm just Jeez. kind of out of luck. And he was like, pretty much. And I was like, oh my God. And I had like the biggest panic attack of my life. Um, and then I was just like, okay, we need to buy the building. Like I got so frazzled by that, that I was like, I don't care what it takes. We need to be the people to buy this building. And I said to him and I pleaded to him and I was like, I want this building. I need you to reassure me that like, if I come to you with an offer that you're going to take my offer, you know, like I probably will be reasonable, but like, please don't go showing this building to anybody else. I don't know what's going to happen. I'm not, I don't know anything about real estate. Like, I don't want, I don't know how (laughs) desirable this building is. I'm like, please don't get rid of it. He probably thought I was a psycho. I like didn't even care. Um, so <laughs> we were anticipating buying it and I put this offer in. It was a good offer. I actually knew at that time that somebody else had put an offer in and it was less than my offer and he still accepted their offer. <gasps> now it's funny because I could not figure out, like I was racking my brain. Why? Why after me pleading, begging, I'm already occupying this space. My offer was more like, why would he accept this other person's offer? I don't understand. And the only thing that could really come to mind was, is it because I'm a girl? And I mean, maybe that's not Uh, true. 
it's possible. Like I, I don't, like I said, know enough about real estate for me to make this educated assumption that like, that's what it was. It sucks that that even had to like come to mind, you know, like, is it like, right. why else would he not take more money? Like I just couldn't, you know, understand. It doesn't make sense. Right. It doesn't in the grand scheme of things, none of it makes sense. You're already in the building. You offered more. I, I guess you'll find out soon enough, right? Who yeah, and like, <laughs> oh. I was like, yeah, and like my, obviously I'm serious about it. I mean, I cried to you. <laughs> Why right. would you, you know? So I, I couldn't really think of anything else. Thankfully, I actually just recently decided I don't want this building. So they um, came back to me after accepting that person's offer and then wanted me again to mm. make an offer um, for the building. And I don't know, at that point, I'm like thinking about all these things. I like had a contractor come take a look and look at how much it would cost for me to do what I actually wanted it to do, like the building to do for my business. And if it was feasible, if it made sense and whatever. And the contractor kind of told me that it's going to cost a lot for what I want to do. Right. Um, like maybe it's not worth it. And like, it was so reassuring to tell them, never mind. Like, yep. no, I'm not interested. I'm glad you backed out with that other guy after you accepted their offer over my crying tears. <laughs> of, like now I really hope it takes you a lot longer. <laughs> Everything happens for a yeah. reason. Oh Absolutely. man. Oh man. <laughs> So I asked the same question to all of the guests that I have, and it's who embodies the word femme to you? And we use that term to describe a trailblazing person. It can be male or female. Um, it could be a personal connection you have or a celebrity, but it's just really someone who's an ally, a mentor for others, and who really just holds you know that in high regard. You know what? I feel like there's so many. That's there why it's hard. And it's like diff something different about every person that's coming to my mind. The first person that came to my mind was my mentor for when I did permanent makeup. Her name's Andrea. Um, she owns Jolie Visage in Fanwood. Um, she just opened up a school for permanent makeup and like other kinds of things, uh, beauty related. And I'm like, she's just always doing more and more. And like, I admire her so much. I mean, she, and not to mention, she's always there to help me and always inspires me and encourages me to do better. Like she's not intimidated or defensive. Like she doesn't want to give me the inside or help me because she wants to do better. She's not like that. And so I feel like she really does. I feel like her, her ambition and her determination and um, her kindness is what makes her stand out. Like, I don't even have to, like, it's easy to say a celebrity, but at the end of the day, I don't know those celebrities and I don't know right. their intentions. Like I might admire them for what they've done. Like for instance, I admire the Kardashians. Like I know everyone hates them, but what I do admire from the outside, again, not knowing them personally is that maybe they did start with money or maybe, you know, it was a little easier for them to get business off the ground, which everybody knows if you have money, it's easier to have a successful business, but they are hustlers. Right. I don't care what anybody says, like the amount of businesses and business failures that they've all gone through is mm -hmm. inspiring because it doesn't matter how much money you have. That still sucks. Every yeah. failure, every loss, every lawsuit, every lesson learned is just as hard. It doesn't matter. And they just keep going and keep having these so many of these successful 
followings and businesses and they just they touch everything and it's inspiring but the the reason I didn't say them to start with is because again like I don't know them personally um so it's kind of hard for me to like give them that much credit (laughs) it's a lot harder to start from nothing and I definitely feel like you know shouting someone out who you know, she also had uh, a child young and she was remarried and, you know, she's had her struggles and I know that. And I feel like that's what makes, you know, her to me so much more of an inspiration. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. You know what? I'm also, I think everyone already knows this about me, but I'm a huge Kardashian fan, (laughs) but but I obviously, I also spent a lot of my younger years literally trying to be them. So I would always curl my hair like them. And now all of Mm -hmm. my friends who like all hate the Kardashians are like, it's not the Kardashian hair. It's the Melissa hair. That's so funny. (laughs) Like when I had, when my son was an infant, I did stay home with him for a short period of time and I was, you know, home all day. So I would literally sit there just keeping up with the Kardashians while Dana's taking a nap (laughs) all the time. My, my best friend for my birthday that year bought me heels that were like Kardashian heels and they were like signed. And I was like, yes, I was so happy. (laughs) Like, I I feel like it's such like a guilty pleasure to like the Kardashians, which it really is. Where can our listeners follow you and the body department? So I have my personal page is the period Lauren Cruz. um, And our business page is uh, the body depth NJ. Fantastic. Lauren, do you have any last pieces of advice for our listeners? I mean, the best advice that I would give anybody, especially anybody who is thinking about starting a business or has a business and they're maybe becoming burnt out and just uninspired is find a way to either re-inspire yourself or to give yourself the courage that it really takes to move forward because it's a, it is a long road, but it is the most rewarding job that you will ever have because every single time that you overcome an obstacle, it's for you. Right. So I definitely feel like a lot of people tell me that they thought about it and they didn't do it or, you know, something is standing in the way of them taking the leap, which a lot of people feel at every point in their life, like any decision, any big decision, it's so hard to just do it. I've always been like that. I'm just a let's do it now. If I made a mistake, I'll fix it later kind of person. So (laughs) like, I just, I really don't believe even being that kind of person that any mistake I've ever made was a real mistake. Like I think everything that I've ever done taught me to do it better the next time, taught me some kind of lesson to, you know, improve or, you know, make me a better person. So I don't really think there's mistakes. I think there's lessons and it's not that scary to just get out there and just learn a couple lessons and maybe make a couple dollars off of it.